Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get there. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Raider Nation, what is going on? Coming to you guys with episode, I don't even know because it's been so long since I've been podcasting, probably since the draft, but I wanted to come to you guys, obviously, with the 2021 season around the corner. I'm going to start firing off some more interviews again and getting you guys warmed up for the upcoming season and hopefully the Raiders' uh, playoff berth for the first time since 2016. That's the team that we're building. I think that's what John and Mike have cooked up. And I know Raider Nation's fired up because it's pretty much confirmed that the Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, is going to be sitting at full capacity, something that we haven't had that luxury of having yet. You know, we've seen the stadium. There's people that have toured it. If you've toured it, that's awesome. I've been through it as well. Amazing stadium, the seat viewing, whatever you've done, the pictures. Man, it's it's a beautiful stadium. It's going to be great to get inside there. Obviously, that's it's the hype. That's what has been the most exciting thing probably over the past year and a half uh, to wait and be anxious to get inside that beautiful stadium. And doing so with a new revamped Raiders team. And um, I'm bringing a guy, David Carr. I'm sure you guys know him very well. He's been on the show a couple times now. We're going we're gonna to talk about it all. We're, we're pretty much going to go over every aspect of the team uh, in some sense, uh, covering things pretty broadly, talking about the, you know the growth of the team, the struggles in the past. Um, I, I really want to dive into um, Derek's relationships that have grown and, and the younger players that need to step up to take this team to the next level. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he responds because, man, we're, we're anxious. I've been saving a lot of content right now for you know this final stretch right before the season starts. So, you know, offseason has been, uh, I would say, a little different than those in the past just because Raider fans are just ready to see wins. We're ready to see the playoffs, and we're ready to see this team move forward. So without messing around, I'm not going to waste your time. Uh, while you're sitting here, and you, if you're a loyal listener to the podcast and haven't yet, uh, and you, especially if you listen on Apple devices, drop in and leave a five-star rating for me if you don't mind. Leave a five-star rating and a review if you're feeling froggy, uh, drop in there and, and leave your comments, um, and I, I'd appreciate that. But without messing around, let's get into our special guest for this episode, former NFL player and current NFL Network analyst, David Carr. So joining me now, former NFL player and Super Bowl winning quarterback, current NFL analyst, and a guy that's becoming a yearly guest on this podcast, NFL Network's David Carr. What is up, dude? Is it hot enough down there for you? It's getting there, man. It's getting there. It went up to like 105 and we disappeared for like three days, which I told you we were yeah. going to do this maybe last week. And then it, it cooled off. So yeah. Melody, Melody, let me stay home. So we're able to do a podcast. <laughs> I can actually say. work. Yeah. Yeah. It's 80s now and all of a sudden you want to be home. 
See how it is. Yeah, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> uh, checking on the fam. You got a graduated, right? Your oldest graduated. Yeah, my oldest one. Well, no. So my uh, I have I have one that that has graduated that okay is still at home. Doesn't want to leave. I mean, I can't really blame him. I kick get him it. out. Right. I get it. I've tried to kick him out. His mom is. You know how they are. They're yeah. just, you know, they're, oh, he's just, he's the baby. Yeah, but he's not though. He's 21 years old. He's a grown man living in my house, eating my food and doing nothing. That's funny. He actually, yeah, he, he claims he's an entrepreneur, has like nine different jobs going on at the same time. So whatever, man, go for it. Uh, that, but Tyler. That's Tyler Austin just, then, right? That's Austin. Yeah. Tyler just graduated and yeah, he's, uh, he's stoked. So he's going to, he's starting to work out at our place at, at the gym. He's going to start helping out there. And then I think because of, uh, because of the, the, just the wildness of the last season. So he wanted to go to school in the spring and do spring football yeah. um, with whatever school he decided to go to and then get kind of a head start, kind of what Derek did in Fresno and then go into training camp with already some experience. But because I had the, how the season worked out, he actually played his high school football games, he only played three of them his senior year in the spring. So he wasn't able to do that. So he's actually going to work with us and stick around this fall and kind of help me and Darren coach at BCHS and then go to school in next spring. So wherever he decides to go, Fresno State. <clears throat> oh, but we'll sweet. see. So you're, we'll you're, see what happens. Your entrepreneur son, he just dropped, I think I saw an article a few weeks ago about Hunter Renfro. So maybe a little Dude, he's journalist. on it, man. Yeah, he's doing he's doing really well with the uh, Harvester Sports, I think it is. He's having a lot of fun writing articles and uh, awesome. it's been pretty cool. Yeah. He uh he loves the game and he played in high school, but you know, it's like everybody else. I mean, it's just, it's just so hard. You know, there's not yeah. that many jobs. And as far as just being able to play, you got to, he played tight end and played a little linebacker and he's not, he's not Darren Waller. You yeah. know? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. you got to find a way to stick around and stay in the game. So I think what he wants to do is, probably go with Tyler wherever Tyler decides to go to school That's cool. and just do some type of internship and kind of work in the front office to work in the scouting department and really kind of just see if he wants to do something in the front office. So that's he's excited really cool. about that. So yeah, that's kind of what they're doing. And then uh, Cooper, my, my 16 year old is just playing golf and playing quarterback and he's, he's like 80 pounds soaking wet, man. So <laughs> like we had to, we got into golf a little bit and he's doing really well there. So he likes that. So we'll see what happens there. And I got two little girls at home. So we're, we're busy, dude. We're busy nonstop. So it took you three boys to get a girl. Isn't that the same as Derek too, right? Yeah. Isn't that weird how that works out? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah. And he might just stop after, after Brooklyn, but we'll see what happens. But we, we tried to do that. And then six years later, she needs a sister. And of course, like Grace, my nine-year-old was like, she was convinced that if we had another baby, it would be a girl. She just was adamant about it. And of course, that's good. Because God's gracious, he gave her a little girl. Because I remember I walked out into the lobby and because we didn't find out what the baby was going to be until literally she came out. Oh, that's and nuts. So I walk into the lobby and our whole family's there. And Grace was six at the time. And she's just like her. I, I, all I could think about was if I walked out and said it was a boy, like she probably would have just melted into death. I was going like to say right the there. fact you waited that long for her Dude, to even know. I oh, realized okay. it was a big mistake. <laughs> like as I walked through the doors and then I, and then I was like, well, it's a, it's a little girl. I, and I had like a little hat. I threw on the Piper hat, you know, it's a pink, you know? And so she starts freaking out. Oh, that's awesome. So, but that could have been, that could have went bad, dude. That could have went sideways on us real quick, but hey, you got to take risks. Yeah, exactly. It was great. It was awesome. <laughs> awesome experience. Um, 
to jump into football a little bit, I want to just open right up with a fan question. Now, this fan uh, is an anonymous fan. His name's Jim. Jim from Visalia. Yeah. Um, Jim from Visalia wants to know if number 75 on your NBA 2K basketball team is maybe the most underrated offensive player on the team and if he should Jim. be utilized more. Yeah, Jim, Jim, a.k.a. Darren. Is that also – does he go by Darren also? I, I just know he's from Visalia. Jim, Jimbo. Let me tell you about this guy. So, Jim, so number 75 on our 2K team is dominant in the paint. He's fantastic. And he plays – it's hard because we have we have my oldest son, um, my man, Foghorn. He's just he's, – he's the golden ostrich. He's got like a nine-foot wingspan. He controls the paint. He does everything we want him to do, block shots. Yeah. He had a quadruple double the other day. Like, he's oh, just shoot. out of control, right? Yeah. And – and Jim, to Jim's point, okay, number 75, my brother Darren, yeah. he's a paint guy too, but he also has to, in our in our coverage that we play, we play, we mix between a 2-3, and then we'll play like a little 3-2 for yeah. the guys that want to spread the court. So Darren has to play on the wing a lot, and he doesn't want to play on the wing. Darren's heart wants to be in the paint. Yeah, so yeah, he gives yeah. up a ton of threes, and we get frustrated, but we laugh, you know, because he just <laughs> wants to be down there mixing it up. Yeah. And then the problem with, with our 75 is he means well, and he <laughs> will bash on people, and he'll play physical. But there's a thing about 2K when, when you have the ball in the paint, regardless of how good your guy is, if there's two guys down there, if you've played this, you know that you're not going to make it. Like, you can go up and try to make a layup or put it or dunk it. He's just going to miss it. Like, it doesn't matter how good your guy is. And, and God bless Darren. He just does not want to believe that. He thinks yeah. that he should be Shaquille O'Neal, yeah. go up, two hands, rip the rim down, uh, and it just rarely happens. Which man. when you build your dude like that, you expect it. It's a video game. Exactly. And then he always yeah. roasts Tyler, my son, because Tyler's in charge of the team. He's the coach. He built he built everyone's guy, basically. So yeah. we would all have, you know, um, things that complemented each other. Yeah. And and he roasts Tyler every time. Every time he goes up, tries to dunk it or put it back, he just yells. He just screams at Tyler. And Tyler's like, I'm trying. I'm just, you just can't go up with two guys. But he doesn't want to listen. But yeah, our 2K team is pretty good, man. We're, we have a lot of fun. Derek scores, I mean, the IT average is 35 a game. So it's all, it all kind of, it all goes around number four. We just kind of find our open spots. Yeah. I hit 70% from three. That's what I do. I play defense. Yeah, I'm the heart of the team. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm three and D. That's what I do. You know, so, and, and, uh, and yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. It's such a blast. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't want to bring up Derek during this conversation, but since you did, I mean, since you did, I guess we'll talk I mean, about him a minute. We can talk about him a little bit. I, I, I want to know, because you know what I've noticed lately is Max and Derek, uh, it seems like they have a really good growing relationship. Um, it's nice to see like our, offensive yeah. leader and one of our defensive leaders, you know, young defensive leaders that are kind of coming yeah. up um, on our defense. Yeah. They're kind of getting on the same page. They, they kind of have a little groove. They have obviously a common goal with the Raiders. They want a championship. Um, what can you tell us, you know, about how they've grown closer over the past year? Well, I think, uh, I think, you know, as, as it's hard because when guys are young, you don't know if they're going to develop and you don't know what type of player they're going to be. Um, and, and you, you tend to, and I've had this conversation with Derek, it's not that you're, you keep, you keep them at arm's distance, but you don't want to get too close to him because you just don't know, you yeah. know, and with Max, he was so good so early. And then, you know, you, you just don't know. So, and he's on the other side of the ball too. That's the other thing people don't really understand. Like Derek and Khalil had a really good relationship. They came in at the same time, same draft year. Um, and so that was kind of just a natural relationship that they had. But like with other guys across the ball, 
Derek is almost not enemies with them at first, but they're going to compete a lot. Yeah. And, and Derek's going to talk a lot of trash in practice. And, and like guys like Jonathan, like he's going to talk a lot of trash in practice. So they're not necessarily close right off the bat. But I think with a lot of those guys, um, Derek's developing a relationship because he realizes they're good football players and they yeah. got a good nucleus of guys. And honestly, on the defensive side, they have a lot of ability. And I think that, you know, not to get off on a tangent here, but I think yeah. that when you look at what the Raiders have done since John's been there um, and you look at what he does on the offensive side of the ball, there's a lot going on there, right? There's a lot of moving parts. Derek orchestrates it all brilliantly because he's, like I've said before, he's the best I've ever been around. And I get a lot of heat for this. I've, I've sat in rooms with Eli Manning. I know Peyton well. Derek's as good as anybody I've ever been around at understanding what the defense is doing, understanding what his offense wants to get done and finding a completion. Mm-hmm. Like some people are going to get, get on you because maybe you find too many completions or yeah. you just find where the throw is that you need to get it out of your hand because that's the right play. Not sometimes it goes for four yards, you know, but sometimes the big play is there and you take a shot. So um, he's great at that. And John's orchestrated that brilliantly. Darren Waller's there. They're getting pieces on the offensive side of the ball where, where they're good enough on the offensive side of the ball to go win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So then on the defensive side, I think the thing that has been kind of missing is John you know, he had gun, he had, he had uh, the defense coordinator that was there last, the last couple of years. Yeah. So he, he was, he was intricate as well. He asked him to do a lot, you know, and I think that sometimes guys got overwhelmed. You didn't necessarily have, unless you had like Vontez out there, or you had a guy that had been around that could line everybody up. You didn't have Derek on that side. Yeah. You had a bunch of young guys. You had, you had some veteran guys, but they would just kind of get thrown in there, you know, and they would try to make it happen. Um, but it's, it's so much different. So now, now you fast forward to where they are now with Gus and what they're doing on defense. You're not asking them to do a whole lot and you can play fast. And I think it's a great combination. I think it's a, I think it's a, a winning combination because you don't have to be top 10 in defense. Yeah. You just have to be in the middle, yeah. you know, top 15, get your offense. That's really good. That's going to be top 10 every year, get them a few extra possessions per game, maybe make a couple nice stops in the fourth quarter, one, right? And, and just, and then go win four more games and see what happens. So I think that, I think that what they've done now is really good is it's a good combination. You know, the things that I'm hearing coming out of their training sessions, just from Derek, cause Derek, he gets, he gets what they're doing on offense. They, they got their dialed in. They're just trying yeah. to find the right pieces, put guys where they want to put them. Hopefully, you know, guys like Ruggs and those guys take the next step. Hopefully Brown can come in and, and kind of fill the, the void that Nelly left. You know, like they're, they're figuring it out and they will. Um, but on the defensive side, he's been encouraged because guys are playing fast. They know what to do. They know their assignment. Um, it's, it's very simple. And so you're going to you have a lot of guys that are physical specimens, like guys that can just run and hit, play fast, not have to think too much. And on the defense side, that's kind of what you want, you know, so. I think that it's uh, I think it's a good combination. I'm excited to see, you know, so that's, I think that's where you see now back to your point where you see yeah. the relationships developing because now Derek is like, Max is a good football player. He just needs to be put in the right position to make plays. And Jonathan's a good football player. He just needs to be put in position to make good plays. Yeah. And so now they're starting to develop relationships because he understands that they were just kind of, they were asked to do a lot, you know, and I think that maybe it was too much. And now I think it'll be a much better situation. Man, you're just, uh, you're like sitting here checking off all my topics here. I want to cover I, that. Was, that was good. No, go that was good. Any one of those too. And, and we can dive more into it, but it's just like big picture. You know, I, yeah. I'm just like you, dude. I, I sit there. Well, that's where we're sitting right now is we're looking at, we have our roster pretty much intact. Happen. Yeah. We're yeah. set. So now we, we got to see, see where we go. 
Exactly. Exactly right. Yep. So we're going to take this quick break provided by Blue Wire, and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with David Carr. Now, you started talking about wide receivers. Um, yeah. And, you know, obviously the offense being dialed in. That's kind of yep. where, I mean, there was, a, there was a lot of turnover, I think, on both sides of the ball whenever it came yeah, to, you know, players getting changed out a little bit. When, looking at receivers, on paper it seems maybe we took a little hit. You know, if you look at last year this year, it's almost yeah. like, you know, you immediately think, oh, we downgraded. But, sure. you know, we're kind of banking on the fact that Ruggs and Brian Edwards are going to make that step up, right? Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. do you think that they have that ability? You made a comment, I think, a couple weeks ago. Everybody's been running with this that, you know, Derek was telling you that Ruggs is, you know, one of the best players he's ever played with in practice. So, yeah. do you think that translates to the football field finally in 2021? Well, I think that you just hope that it does. Right. And I think that it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with, with John's system. There's just a lot to handle. Yeah. And if you're a veteran wide receiver like Nelly, you know where to line up, you know where to go, you, you know where to be, you understand the yeah. route progression, uh, what Derek's looking at. And if you're a young guy like Henry, like you look at his first game that he played and how many touches he got, like in the first 10 snaps, like they did a great job. Right. And they need to do more of that. And I would, I would say that John knows that he knows he needs to get him involved more, get the ball in his hand. But then on top of that, Henry needs to take a next step and understand that it's not just about running fast, running good routes. And it's about knowing what you're doing, knowing where you are. There's some offenses you can plug a guy like Henry Ruggs in. He's going to get a ton of touches. He's going to have production. But I think in this offense, his ceiling is much higher. Like he could, he, he could be at a whole nother level in, a, in an offense that John Gruden is running. If he can, if he can just find a way to speed up that processing time, that's, yeah. that's hard. It's not an easy thing because, you know, forever Henry has ran slants, go routes and curls and he beat everybody his whole career, high school, college. It didn't matter. I'm going to catch it. I'm going to outrun everybody on the field. Well, in the NFL doesn't happen like that. You know, yeah. yeah, maybe it does once or twice a year, which we saw last year, we saw some big splashy plays and those are nice to have. But like I used to tell Derek all the time, it's not always about putting on the cape and being Batman. You got to be Bruce Wayne. And that's kind of what Henry Ruggs has to do. He has to understand that being a professional athlete and wide receiver is, is about the little things that you do and the details of where you line up and knowing everybody's route and how you fit into that progression, understanding what coverage you're seeing. And that's not something that you just roll out of bed and do. And I, I heard Henry talking about this the other day and he's, he's actually spot on because it is something that takes a while. And like, we're in the, we're in the world that we want to see instant gratification. Like we want our guys to just go out and be pro bowl players right away. And that's hard. You know, you're going to see what he did talent wise. He has it. And like, when I talked to Derek in practice, he's the best receiver that he's ever played with in the practice realm because he's flying full speed. He's not thinking about it. He knows where to line up. He's had a chance to go over, you know, what his job is, what they're going to do for the day. They put him in there and he goes, it's yeah. the right coverage versus the look that he wants. And he's full speed ahead and making crazy plays. You see him jump up, make plays against everybody. So yeah. I don't doubt that the kid wants to be good. I don't doubt his talent. I think that there's just a big learning curve when you're in Gruden's system. And that's why you see the veteran guys step in and play well. I think that's why you see guys like Nelly kind of come yeah. out of nowhere, you know, and he's like, oh, I know the system. I know where to, I know where to go to, to beat out guys, like, you know, to get more playing time than Nelly, to get more playing time than Brian Edwards. Like I can figure it out. I'm maybe I'm not as talented as those guys. You know, maybe, maybe not, but I'm going to play more than them. And that's what he did. So I think that if those guys can kind of, I think, I think Brown is going to be great, you know, being good, in that yeah. room with them. I think he's really good. Derek loves him. He's been great with all the receivers. That's going to be something that I think helps speed that process up a little bit. Um, so, and I, and I like him too. I mean, he made a ton of plays for Buffalo. 
he's going to be a guy that can maybe not do it, do everything that Nelly did. They're different. They're different yeah, players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that that with, with him, with Hunter, you already have Waller who's going to attract all the attention, but you get Edwards and you get rugs going with the run game that they have, they're going to be just fine on offense. Not worry about it at all. Yeah. It seems like John Brown's a good, maybe mentor, even for Henry Ruggs, similar players. Yeah, stuff he's like been that. great. Derek absolutely loves that guy. He's got an incredible work ethic. And that's the other thing too, is like, I think you just have to, not that Nelly didn't and Zay Jones, Zay Jones is still there. Yeah. Derek loves Zay Jones. Like Zay didn't get all the touches, um, but he, he's an incredible player. And he, but when he did, yeah, he, he, yeah, did, he, did, he did great. Did, yeah. He did great. So having a guy like that, like, Who's to say Zay just doesn't show up and play outstanding football, you know, now that he's been in the system a little bit. So yeah. it could very easily happen. So for me, like, as long as you have a, a main guy, you got Waller, right? As long as you have him, you got a guy on third down, like Hunter, like your offense is going to be good right now. Now, what takes you to the next level? You know, it's, it's how, how well can those other pieces kind of jump in and fill the voids, you know, and, and make plays because honestly, honestly, anybody in the NFL can get open as long as you know what you're doing. You're against the right coverage. Guys are going to win if you give them enough time. So, but that's not that's not an issue, I don't think, at all. Yeah. To uh, change the topic a little bit, do you think? Uh, would you say that you have survival skills? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Yeah. I have. I have. I absolutely. Okay. Let's test. We'll test that a little bit right now. Sure. Um, let's do it. So, like, what's your favorite ice cream? If you if you had a scoop of ice cream, what are you getting? I've always been. I've always been a cookies and cream type guy. Cookies and cream. Okay. Yeah, so it's late at night. It. Let's say late it. at night in Bakersfield, you're craving yeah. yourself a couple, couple scoops of cookies and cream. Yes. And you know, you go digging into the freezer, you open up that freezer drawer, mm-hmm. I assume it's a drawer, open mm-hmm. it up and there's a penguin in there just chilling a penguin. Okay. What's the next move? Well, okay. I'm going to wake the kids up cause they love, they <laughs> love animals. Okay. So, I'm not concerned about a penguin doing any damage from inside the freezer. Okay, now, so you're going to leave him in the freezer, right? Yeah, probably. That's, that's the right move. It's Bakersfield. You don't want him to burn up. I mean, clearly, what's he going to do? If he comes outside, yeah. he's dead. Like, we've we've yeah. lost animals here. Like, yeah. just I'm just going to be honest without going into details. We've not lost even counting animals. penguins, yeah. Not, I mean, there's other there's other bird-type species that we've <laughs> lost around here. And, <laughs> and it's not a, not a like place owls. you want to be outside the freezer. Like owls, owls, ducks. <laughs> yeah, we've had... My daughter took a duck out the other day. Like we had, oh, we had nice. four ducks. Okay. Well, we had five ducks. We lost one early. I don't know what happened. Okay. The, the fourth duck it was, it was found lifeless in my daughter's hands. Now, I don't know if she tried to pick it up, you know, and like kind of just got too excited, but it was, <laughs> it was no more. So we're down to three ducks. So Louis, she can't Louis, touch Louis. the penguin. That's. Yeah. So like, I'm hoping that like instantly I thought, hopefully the penguin's full grown. Like if it's full grown, we're good. If it's a baby penguin, I might not tell Piper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, Piper. Yeah. Yeah. See, now I I tell my wife this. So I asked her just to see, I wanted to test it out. I asked her, you know, what's the next move? She says, close the freezer. (laughs) Cool. Leave it there. (laughs) It's going to be fine for a little bit. It's just chilling. Made it that far. I mean, we could call like, you don't want to call like, you don't want to call anybody. Like I might call like, Maybe I'll Google SeaWorld and be like, hey, if you guys if you guys happen to come across a penguin in the wild, what would you do with it? Like, just see what they would say. Because if it's better off with me, then I'll just keep it. Yeah, just get know? one of those, like, refrigerated caves or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah we'll figure it out. We get a refrigeration truck and just kind of, like, just cruise around, do, like, little uh, 
like petting zoo type things with the kids, put jackets on, bring them in the truck, let them see the penguin. There I don't know. There you go. Okay. Yeah. I think you passed. You survived. Okay. Survived Thanks. the penguin. Uh, right. Back to football real quick. Um, okay. Looking at the last couple seasons, there's a pretty common trend, right? We, you know, hit this peak a little over halfway through the season, looking good. We're in the playoff hunt. Um, and then we have this collapse. And, it, yep. and it's a collapse where it, all it took was, you know, a couple bad games, not even bad games. Just It could be a couple mm-hmm. close losses, and we couldn't pick ourselves up out of it. Um, yeah. Is there something there that was missing last year uh, that is growing, that they're learning, that they're maybe changing, that they adjusted personnel-wise? Is it our young guys that just kind of, you know, need to just stay focused through it, listen to the vets? What, what's going on there? Uh, to hopefully, you know, if we get in that same situation in 2021, we're sitting, you know, with twice as many wins as losses that we can hold on to it. You know, honestly, you have to learn how to win in the NFL. It's kind of a, an old boring cliche. And Tom Coughlin used to say that to us with the giants all the time, but you have to have a certain belief system that when you get in certain situations, you get in the fourth quarter, the pressure has to shift to the other team. Like that's, that's what has to happen. Like it, if you look at it as an opportunity to possibly blow this, that's probably what's going to happen. And if yeah. you're a young guy, that's that's kind of where you tend to go as a default is, okay, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. Right? So you think about that. And Eli used to talk about this all the time. He said, in pressure situations, I know that the pressure is, is ratcheted up. Mm-hmm. So all I have to do is stay level-headed and do my job, and someone's going to mess up. Someone on defense is going to try and do too much. Someone on defense is going to make a mistake, yeah. be out of position. The intensity of the moment is going to be such that all I need to do is really focus on my job. And it's, it sounds really boring and kind of cliche, but that's really what it comes down to. That's why you hear Bill Belichick talk about do your job, because it really is as easy as being in that moment of intense focus and concentration where everybody now, especially this year, the fans are going to be back in there. It's going to ramp up, right? Yeah. You have to just be able to stay level-headed and focus on exactly what my job is, not what my other buddy's job is, not what, you know, but communication is key. All of that stuff is all that just screams veterans. It it just does. And so when you have young guys, especially if you have young guys like you had on the defensive side that were trying to think through formations and where they were supposed to be aligned you're going to have mistakes. How many blown coverages do we see last year yeah, in yeah. situations like that? Like a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that, um, I don't think that's by, I don't think it's just an accident that that happens because you're asked to do a lot. So you'll beat a team like Kansas city because you put together a brilliant game plan mm-hmm. and they were dialed in and everything kind of clicked, but then you play them again and you leave guys wide open, yeah. you know, and, and you'll blow coverages. So I think that what you have to do and what they have done is they've just simplified with the young guys on the defensive side. I think that's vitally important. You still have, like I said, the veterans on offense and they had their share to blame as well of, you know, for whatever reason, not making things happen in certain situations. But I think every offense is like that. Yeah. I think the more, more opportunities you can give them with a defense that just, just, they just need a boost of confidence and yeah. confidence comes from knowing what you're doing and knowing what you're doing day in and day out. The beautiful thing about like Gus, like Gus Bradley on the defensive side, just to give you a little insight of what they do. So as they're working through things, they'll they'll just go into periods where they'll run the same coverage like they are. They're going to run the same coverage. You're going to see it a lot. You see a single high safety. You're going to see Merrick in the post. You're going to see Jonathan down. You're, you're going to know what you're getting. Yeah. So what they do is they try to run on offense. They try to run every um, 
that every coverage meter they know to run against that. And Gus wants to see them all because he wants them to understand that, yeah, we don't do a lot. And, and because of that, we're only going to see certain types of route combinations. Gotcha. So the guys will start to learn those and develop their, their thought process and, and kind of see patterns develop. And even though they don't do a lot on defense, they'll, they'll not see a lot yeah. either. So in those clutch situations, those offensive coordinators are going to go to what they know is good but the defense has already seen it. They're already prepared for it. So that's one less thing that they have to worry about. One less thing they have to think about and they can just fly, play fast, do their job, help each other out. So I really think that it comes down to that. It's, it's as simple as doing your job. And in those clutch situations, being confident that you know what's happening and that you know what to do and that you're just trusting your guys around you. And that's yeah. the big thing on the defense side, just trusting your guys. Offense is going to score. They're going to do their thing. We saw them do that time and time again. They're going to continue to do that. You give them situations. You give, I would, I'd give Derek the ball in the fourth quarter over probably anybody in the league. Patrick Mahomes is good. I know we hate talking about the Chiefs, but Pat, Pat has this crazy ability to make big plays down the field, but Derek's right there. Like I would trust him with protection and time and guys to throw to. He's going to find the right guy. He's going to make the throw and he wants the ball. Like he wants that situation. So I think you have the components there. It's just being able to play with that same confidence on the defensive side of the ball. I like hearing that about the defense. That's a good concept. So they're already trained to know what's supposed to beat them. Yeah. They'll be used to trying to play against Yeah, that. you don't do a lot. So you're only going to see a handful of things, you yeah. know? So they say they play cover three 90% of the time. Well, you're not going to run cover two beaters on them. Yeah. So they're only going to see cover three beaters. And guys will try and get creative and do different things to, you know, mess with their, um, you know, their coverage responsibilities and whatnot. But they'll see so much of that. And Gus is great. He's like, just give me your best shot. I want to see everything that John can cook up. Like, just go go wild on us. And I mean, who better to, to do that with than, than Gruden? Because, you know, you guys yeah. like Andy Reid or Kyle Shanahan, there's going to be guys that can match him there. But I mean, he's pretty creative, man. He's uh, Derek calls him a genius. He's he's a literal offensive genius. And Derek doesn't say that about many guys. So it's uh, it's a good combo. Good. And Derek goes a full hundred percent in practice too, so they're getting everything out of him too. Yeah, man. Especially out jumping Max. Make sure you yeah, make oh. sure you never forget that. He's yeah, really yeah. excited about that. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, they're <laughs> the uh, double Dutch NFL champions of the NFL, is what I. Right. Said. Exactly. I told yeah. Derek it was the Jordans. It, it definitely is. Right. It That's the only is. reason. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to close out with a few different things here. I want you okay. to just fill in the blanks for me. Uh, I got about okay. five or six. Um, you got it. The Raiders rookie of the year will be. Merrick. Ooh, like for sure. That. Yeah, that's probably my same thing. Yeah, I think he'll be 25 yards deep. He'll play free safety. He's got incredible ball skills. He's perfect for this. He's he's he was the guy that they targeted. They wanted to pick him in the first round. That's know? awesome. And just the way the board laid out, they knew they'd be able to get him later. So it, it's just brilliant. Yeah, it, awesome. I'm so happy they got that kid. So I'm excited to watch him play. So how about now the Raiders offensive player of the year will be? <sighs> it's easy to say, Derek, but I kind of I kind of want to say. I mean, it's probably going to be Waller. Ooh. It's kind of boring, but the guy's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Waller, just so Jacobs, good, right? Yeah, yeah. Jacobs, Jacobs is is an easy choice, but honestly, they love Drake. Like Derek's Ooh. been throwing to him out of the backfield, and just the different stuff that he's going to be able to do on the field. Maybe he's a little play receiver. He's going to play receiver for him too. Oh, you know? I mean, nice. not to put the you know get the cat out of the bag here. I don't think it's a secret. Like, yeah, yeah. He's going to catch a ton of balls too. So that's a. It's a good combination to have those two. You can put them in the same time in the game. Yeah. You know, put Kenyon out at receiver and hand the ball off to Josh. So they get, they're going to have a ton of packages there for that too. So, um, yeah, I'd say Josh, but I think Drake's going to get a lot of touches too. So That's probably nice. Waller. So how about defensive player of the year? 
Oh, that's a good question, man. Let's see. I'm trying to think of how this thing's going to be lined up. I feel like I'm tossing it to either Yannick or uh, Max. Yeah, it's almost like they're going to be in a position to try to close games out. You know, I'm going to say Max. There I'm going to say Max because I think that. Yeah, I like I like Max's skill set. He's a freak, man. He's he's yeah. so long and and he's just, he has ability. I think I think this year is going to be really good for him. What they're going to ask him to do. So let's go with Max. Yeah, I'm hoping we can really bring some heat off the edges here. I mean, between yeah, him and that's and that's nice about you know. So I used to play against the Colts um, when they played this similar scheme, and but they really didn't even play, you know, as much cover three and as much single high as the Raiders are going to play this year. Um, but what they what they really do, they rush the passer and they tackle the running back on the way to the quarterback. And it's a it's gotcha. a pretty good philosophy if you have interior linemen that I think that the Raiders are gonna have. Derek thinks Solomon Thomas is an absolute freak show. That's awesome. So I think that he's in in the right headspace and he's he seems like he is ready to go. And they got a lot of really good interior defense linemen. They're gonna be able to rotate through there. Um, so if you can do that, if you can let Yannick and Max just go after the quarterback and, and kind of get after him, I think you're gonna see a lot more disruption you know, in the backfield. Um, So yeah, I think, I think that that could very easily happen. One of those two guys be the defensive player. I like that. How about the Raiders most improved player will be? Um, Well, I want to say Henry Ruggs just because it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I'll say Henry. I think Brian has a a chance to Brian Edwards has a chance to be that guy. Hopefully he's going to get a lot more opportunities. Yeah. A tie would be great. But Henry, I think just based on what I've seen, like the clips that I see from practice, he's an all pro player. He just awesome. has to do it, you know. He's yeah. he's incredible. So I'm excited to watch him play. Yeah, if he can play all 17 games plus preseason, yeah. then yep. develop that chemistry. Every game you're connecting even more. Yep, exactly. Find ways to get him the football. Yeah. What did it come with 15 pounds or something that he gained this offseason? He's gained a lot of weight. He's gotten uh, a lot stronger. Um, he's he's really I mean, it's hard when you go from your from your senior season or your last season right into the next year. Uh, I remember when I did that you don't really have a chance to really go through an off season program. You go, you go from your uh, last game in college, then you start preparing for the combine, start preparing for your workouts. You don't really have any time to let your body heal and recover. And so then, you know, I remember my second year, I ended up gaining like 10 pounds back. I was like, where did that come from? And I felt better my second year. I felt like I was in better shape. I can move. So I can only imagine that for a receiver, it's probably even that much better because he probably feels faster and fresh and, it's just such a it's just, it's such a grind, you know, going yeah. from that last year in college to the first year in the NFL. Receiver, I just don't know how guys do it. Some guys make a, a great jump and they're able to do it, but man, it's difficult. I, I know how I know how it feels. So last uh, but not least, and I can probably guess what this answer is going to be: the Raiders MVP will be. Well, I mean, come on, come it's going to be it's going to he might even be the league MVP. Let's be uh, honest. Hey, like, there if we they go. can stop if they can stop some people, if we can win and, games, that's what it comes down to. That's what, it's all it really is. Yeah, honestly, he, he said it a know? few times in press conferences. You know, you, you can tell when he gets frustrated, like, hey, like I'm I'm playing if anything better than 2016, and we see he, it. Yeah, it's just you know yeah. the fans I think ignore it because the win column isn't the same. So as soon as I mean, that's, that's the how same, it's always been. You know, yeah. like quarterback wise, that's how it's always been. You know, yeah. if if you're not if you're not winning 12 or 14 games a year, then they're looking for another guy and it's always the quarterback's fault. But I think that that's, he's exactly right. And that's, that's where most of his frustration is honestly, is because they just haven't had the wins that, yeah, just wants to win and just wants to win. Like he hates losing. We go back to 2k, like we lose an NBA 2k game on Xbox and I'm just trying to hang out and have fun with my my boys and hang out with their uncles. The dude goes instantly off the headset. You can't even find him for like three hours. I'm like, you all right, man. I just texted him. He's like, yeah, I'm fine. It's going to be, this is just, I hate losing. Like he hates it. So 
Let's win some more games. So, like, number 75 is going for a game-winning jumper and bricks it. He's gone, right? The worst jump shot ever. (laughs) The worst. And we'll let him cook. Like, so we'll, like, we're up by, like, 30 in the fourth. We'll throw it into him and let him just take it down the court. He'll start dribbling. It'll kick off his ankle. He's he's a paint beast for sure. (laughs) He has no business shooting jumpers. (laughs) Oh, you can blame Tyler. Exactly. Well, Good stuff, David. Appreciate you joining me. We got through some technical difficulties to start the interview. Yeah, but, it's all right, man. Uh, we pulled through it. Appreciate you giving me some time. Gave me an excuse to get out of the heat for a little bit and get inside and uh, it, talk some Raiders content. Hey, and you can be biased here. We talk about it all the time. If you ever want to, you know, it's got to be hard over there at the NFL Network having to be, Dude. you know, level-headed all the time. That's disgusting. They just, there's that? just some slander that goes on that I just can't handle mm. sometimes. A lot of it I'm able to kind of – kind of cut it off at the 12 o'clock meeting before we yeah. get to our show. But yeah. sometimes like they'll come in with some Raider hate, man. So Ooh. I love the NFL network. My, they're my guys over there and yeah. I love everybody that I work with, but just not the Raider. There's hate. just a, man, there's a lot of Raider hate. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> there's a lot of it. We're used to it. They know, yeah. what to, they know how to rile us up. I got Raider your Nation back though. Don't worry. I'll do, I'll do my part, man. <laughs> oh, we know. Hey, we got to keep you in there as long as possible. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. More good guys, but cool. David, sure. thanks for joining me, man. Uh, anyone listening now, do not follow him on Twitter because he's a dumpster fire account just like me. Avoid us at all costs, especially during yep, football season. Uh, but no, sure. at DCAR8, right? Is that your handle? That's right. Yeah, at that's DCAR8. It. Follow this guy. Check him out on NFL Network if you haven't already. He's got a face for TV. Unlike me, I got a face for radio. That's why every time I get on the video screen, I just got to get next to him. See, like, your Raider gear looks great, though, man. Hey, I appreciate that. I appreciate, you know, I wish you would have put yours on i know i had man i had i had the picture planned out in technical difficulties <laughs> it would have right. been santa claus me and darren and then derek sitting there you know it would have been yeah. great but yeah. we can just all maybe photoshop it later yeah 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 we'll figure something i'll put it i'll put it next to you or something next year there you go there yeah you. that's perfect good stuff dude hey i'm sure all we'll right, talk man. again sometime next year man you got it see you buddy so that's going to wrap up this episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the insight from David Carr. Always thankful for him coming on the podcast and sharing with Raider Nation his thoughts on this team on an unbiased platform, of course. So like I said at the beginning of the show, if you haven't already, leave that five-star rating and review to help us out. We're going to be, uh, of course, bringing in some guests through the end of this offseason, pumping you guys up for 2021, see if we'll get back on do a routine podcast schedule for all the loyal listeners i'm sorry i apologize that i haven't been on the same schedule that i've always been in the last few years work has been a little crazy but i promise you guys leading up to the season and throughout this entire 2021 football season the content is going to be pumping out of course there'll be a little bit uh you guys want to catch out catch some of this on video Uh, i'll have a couple clips on youtube as well um just highlighting a few things that me and david talked about as well so Raider Nation, thanks for tuning in, and until next time, see ya.